I think for this show, we were going to talk about Hurricane Harvey quite a bit. Such an innocent name, you know? You never would have thought that it was so dangerous. Hurricane Damien would have made sense. Uh, well, you heard Trump yeah. say that, right? That he said, it's such an innocent name, you never would have thought that it oh, does so much real? damage. For real. Like, like the name has the bearing. Like, it has well, to be Hurricane Ass Blaster 4000. That, well, <laughs> look, but I'm old enough to remember Hurricane Ass Blaster 4000. And that, yeah. that was miserable. That was really uh, a lot of people. That hit him, hit him in a bad place. <laughs> You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Every week, the news gets crazier. Man, I'm man. My catchphrase. We need, we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Brendan's you know? turning into a, a sitcom character yeah, as this show gets on. one note. <laughs> you got to get out of that monotone. The, the news gets crazier. <laughs> it's wacky. Now here's sports. And joining us in Arlington, Texas, as usual, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, dude? It would be going better, man. I, I went on a total, like a week-long bender after our 50th episode, and I thought that when I came out of that, everything was going to be better, but it's worse. It's, it's much worse. You know, I went so, through the desert on a horse with no name after our 50th. <laughs> when I came out of that, it actually is better, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> and everyone, this is one of those episodes where we've got a great guest lined up. Matt, why don't you tell us who we have? He is a championship marathon runner. He's also a writer. He's an activist. He's a lawyer. And if you're on Twitter, like at all, dealing with Donald Trump stuff, you probably have seen him. We've got Dane Rauschenberg on the show. Dane. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, I actually tweeted about the uh, horse with no name, and I was like, "How? I don't care how small that desert was. Give the <laughs> horse a damn name, you know? And it doesn't take you know, that hard, man. Poncho, you know, something. Teenage girls are out there naming their uh, like Mini Bud. Coopers. You know, it's it's not it's not. God, hard I'm so thing. glad you said Mini Cooper. I didn't know where you were going with <laughs> Mini Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Dave. It's a pleasure to have you on the show for sure. Well, in addition to all of that, we've got to cover the news. We've got to cover the obvious, Hurricane Harvey. Well, nobody thought it was going to be this bad, did anyone? So um, Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew the hurricanes could be so bad? You know, yeah, the, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration knew. Anybody who's ever worked on climate change knew. They knew right. it was going to be this bad. I'm well, just, just going to float that. For sure. There's they use that. that devil's science. You don't like that. You know, it, it's the tale of two hurricanes. It's the best of tragedies. It's the worst of tragedies in terms right. of, you know, there's some stuff that's horrible, but also in these tragedies, it also brings out some glimpses, some glimmers of hope in terms of humanity and people banding together. So maybe we'll be able to find a high note in amongst all of that, but maybe not on the religious side, at least on the evangelical side. There's a yeah, numerous we do have a we We have quite the... Uh, this week in Jesus. Yes. This time around, we got a number of stories. The premier story, I think, is going to be about Mr. A good pastor, Joel Osteen, and 
how he responded to this disaster in Houston. You mean Tim Allen's handsome younger brother looking kind of guy? <laughs> yeah, that's that one. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, or possibly Martin Short. It was like Tim more. Allen and Martin Short had a baby, and he grew up to be <laughs> a religious bigot. Yeah, we definitely have to talk about that a little bit here. And um, <laughs> Jim Baker talking about the possibility of a holy civil war as well. So uh, it's going to be a real come to Jesus moment that we're going to have with these evangelicals here. So I was always disappointed that Jim Baker didn't have that obligatory extra K in his name. So yeah, they had all exactly, three. <laughs> Baker, Baker. Yeah, sure. he, he learned that from prison. You know, he wasn't that way when he went in. I'm sure we've got some other stuff to talk about, don't we? So uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. In the nation's fourth largest city, floods are a way of life. It's pretty scary. I've never seen anything like it. In 2015, a Memorial Day flood racked up almost half a billion dollars in damages. Last year, Houston led the U.S. in flood-related deaths, mostly due to an April storm that claimed eight lives. So why is the Bayou City so vulnerable? Not only is it low-lying with many creeks and rivers, the metro area's development has exploded. One study found the Houston area has added 25% more pavement over 15 years replacing soil-rich wetlands that could absorb water with concrete-covered suburbia. The human development is what's really driving uh, and exacerbating flood losses over time. Professor Sam Brody of Texas A&M Galveston says this was the view today from his front door. He spent years researching Houston floods and says the recent increase in their severity is mostly a man-made problem. We're adding about 100,000 people a year um, and with those people come parking lots, pavement, rooftops, roadways, uh, and that makes it very difficult for the water to drain slowly and then into the bayous, into the bay. Houston is unique among major cities in that it has no formal zoning laws. As for other regulations, new structures here are required to be built 12 inches above 100-year flooding levels. Chuck Blank has lived in this neighborhood for 20 years, and he says he's never seen rising water like this. We got too much concrete, I think, is what part of the problem is. The water doesn't have any place to go when something like this happens. It always is like this, you know, when right when we hit record, it's just kind of like no one has anything to say. No. Yeah, right. It's that uh, ionization blackout period. Well, what should we start? Why do you got to make it about race? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Matt always, it's always about race to Matt, dude. <laughs> how many of y'all like talking about race issues? Oh, yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal with black people these days? <laughs> White people be driving like this. Oh, <laughs> We've got to play that video clip of that person being interviewed, I think, by CNN in oh, Hurricane Harvey. Oh, who started Harvey. freaking out or whatever? Yeah, that's like, y'all are asking what the fuck we're angry about. <laughs> Dropping F-bombs and shit. Uh. Oh, it's so good. Now you're with your children. We've heard of stories of, of mothers trying to save their children from the rushing waters. Can you tell us how we that was? Through four feet of water to go get them food on the first date. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. But y'all sitting here, y'all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, people Sorry. are really breaking down, and y'all sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the fuck is wrong with us. So I'm so and sorry. And you really man. trying to understand with the microphone still in my face, sorry. with me shivering cold, with my kids wet, and you still putting a microphone sorry, in man. my face. Sorry. Russell Flores, uh, it sounds like you've got a very upset family there. Uh, 
we're going to take a break uh, from that uh, and we'll get back yeah. to you later. So good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Hurricane Harvey, yes. um, Harvey, Dane. you know, Dane, Dane, we've got you, you're, you're closer than any of us to the storm. So, you know, we, we've been talking about uh, the news has been talking about 30,000 refugees fleeing out of Houston. We've had gas shortages. I had a, a gas run at my local gas station just today. And then, you know, looking at the, the different responses, like what's your, what's your reaction? What are your perspectives there being, you know, two hours closer to the disaster than I am even? We, we lucked out. I mean, we got a little bit of rain on, on Friday and Saturday and, uh, the forecast called for the rest of this week to be in the seventies and rainy. And I've never seen an entire forecast for a week change so quickly when the storm went elsewhere. It went from 70s and rainy for the next 10 days to 90 degrees and sunny. And it just like right. changed in 24 hours. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. But we're pretty much high and dry here. There's really, I mean, I think there was little flickages of, of power outages, but people are putting together, I, I guess we're expecting 6,000 refugees. The mayor has put out the call for people to buy uh, care packages. I went and sure. uh, I went and got one myself. I didn't buy one. I went and got one because, you know, it's free stuff, right? You know? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good you stuff. Mean, like, I really needed this poncho. <laughs> I, you, know. you mean you aren't, products. you aren't sitting on a raft made out of emergency food buckets? <laughs> yeah, I'm right. surrounded by uh, sanitary napkins and toothpaste. I'm just going to hoard it. <laughs> you just have to go get all those bottles of water and then just cart them down there and start selling them for like $100 each. A hundred like, bucks. All the Best Buys are doing and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Man. Yeah, that's right. Which actually raises a, a good first point in this discussion is this Forbes article, this Forbes contributor who said, basically, actually, price gouging is good, you guys, because that's yes. how the market responds to emergencies. Oh, my. He's God. a guy who's like, rape is good because that's how you replenish the earth. You know, like, right. I mean, hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. And things that, like the free market will solve, you know, like bigotry and stuff like that, for sure. Right. And yeah. the way it works is that if you're poor, you just die faster. Right. It's like it, it all works itself <laughs> right. out in the end. It yeah. Seems. If you're rich, yeah. you, it doesn't matter how price gouging it is because you just throw money at it. Yeah. So your problems go away. Right. Yeah, but the, the the article literally was arguing that no, it's okay if somebody's selling a case of bottled water for ninety bucks or something, because you know that's the business that's going to thrive. Or if people aren't willing to pay ninety dollars for a case of bottled water, then they won't get that business, and people will have to go elsewhere. Or never mind the fact that these people that are dragging free. themselves through mud. With like kids and dogs in tow, and all they need is a drink of water. You know, they're they're not they're not shopping around. That's like the ultimate neoliberal response to a disaster. It's like, oh, we'll just let the market tackle that. Yeah, they should maybe hit t nine or ten stores. Well, I don't think neoliberals like monopolize that sentiment right there. But yeah, <laughs> you know. oh no, they they absolutely don't. But I mean, this was yeah okay. <laughs> uh, Forbes Forbes adheres to neoliberalism but i don't right. think any of them would call themselves liberals but it's the same fucking philosophy right or like 20 dollars a gallon for gas and stuff like that i mean we haven't seen that up here since 9 11 but definitely i mean the kind of people that do that it's i don't know i mean i'm trying not they're to not the kind of people who are reading forbes that's right. for damn yeah. sure <laughs> 
Well, they're not the kind oh, yeah, of people absolutely. that are. They're not the kind of people that are like you know. We got to stand together as Americans to get through adversity. I mean, I'll no. stand next to you if you pay me fifteen dollars right, right now. Well, you and know, you like, know that this Forbes contributor didn't spend two days living on the roof of his one-story house with nothing but like some canned food and a blanket. Waiting for rescue to come by, you know. He's sitting in some like nice air conditioned place in like New York or Chicago, going like, actually, you guys, like, you know, price gouging is good. That's that's good for the that's good for the economy. You know, when this shit gets so bad that there's nothing, I mean, where everyone has to band together with their skills and stuff, it's gonna be like, well, what can you contribute? Well, I can write good opinion pieces about what's happening here, guys. It's like, <laughs> dude, well, you know, I hope that the disaster, like the free market disaster phases out your existence now because that's so freaking sick. But yeah, well, and speaking of that, I mean, it also kind of ties in with the idea that when a disaster happens, you know, of course you expect politicians to, you know, need money to request federal you know, emergency aid and those kind of things. Sure. But a lot of those, you know, politicians in Texas, I think 20 of them had voted against, you know, aid tied to Sandy, most famously right. Ted Cruz. Well, and when it, it was up in liberal New York City. Yeah, up in Jersey, you know. You I know, mean, they got a lot of those tan dudes up there, you know. There's that amazing <laughs> video of Mike Pence saying, like, look, you know, Hurricane Katrina was terrible, but do you know what's more terrible? the federal deficit like, right come on. right like, let's look at the right, real right. disaster here everyone like let's focus well and dane i'm i'm curious about this too uh because um you know it's it's one thing to point out the hypocrisy of these republican congress people who have who voted against hurricane sandy relief who now want federal relief for uh hurricane harvey and there's another thread. You spend a lot of time on Twitter. You spend more time on Twitter than I do, which honestly, dude, you need to that get a hop. That's not possible. Um, honestly, yeah, no, it's possible. it's awful. Um, but there's also this really ugly thread of kind of liberal thinking out of places that aren't affected by the storm, going like, "Well, Texas is a red state. They all voted for Trump, so you know, if they all drown, that wouldn't be the worst thing for the country." Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, someone – I responded. I said something like that and someone on Twitter replied to me basically what you just said. And I said, no, eat a dick you know, because that's not how <laughs> Americans are. You know, like, like first and foremost, Texas is, more, is far more purple than people think that it is. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean it's ridiculous gerrymandering and districting that, that make it as such. I mean the perfect example is Austin – the, the blueberry in the tomato soup here of Texas is right. divided into – and I could be wrong on the exact numbers, but it's divided into six districts and only one of them is Democratic or Democrat. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like so so first and foremost, this is not the, the, the red scare that people think. Second of all, I think the whole when they go low, we go high thing – if you read my tweets, I'm not exactly on board with that all the time. I at least I kind of go I go middle at, at least at least a fair <laughs> amount of the time. But in this circumstance, yeah, just because Ted Cruz is the the living embodiment of the blobfish doesn't mean that his people don't deserve the the, the funding that that the Sandy people were kind of denied. So yeah, f that. I mean, right. Well, and, and what really frustrates me is that's not how you're ever going to win an election. That's not how you're ever going to win people over. You know, right. right. Uh, people need to know that 
you know, that other people are there for them. If you can even make it political, not to like politicize the tragedy, but if, you know, the liberal wing of U.S. politics pull together and go like, look, we help people out when they actually need help. You know, that resonates. People remember that down the line. Right. Well, and I think, you know, they remembered when Ted Cruz was a jerk, too. That's why he's so unpopular. You know oh, dude, I mean? how like, can you forget? <laughs> sure. It's, it's not a one way street for sure. But the only thing you can forget is which time, right. which particular time he was. A jerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if even if you can maybe win some some political points by, you know, punching down to people who have been affected by tragedy. Yeah, you probably still yeah. shouldn't do it. Well, you yeah. know, who who's not afraid to go there is Charlie Hebdo and. You know, it's just like irony, oh, man. layers on layers of irony, you know, but that cover for their new episode or their new uh, release, you know, is quoted saying God existed. He drowned all neo-Nazis of Texas and has like swastika <laughs> flags and stuff. Yeah, this this image with a bunch of people like doing Heil Hitler salutes up out of the water right. uh, with a kind of a drowning like Nazi flag. And of course, it's utterly tasteless. It's disgusting. And, you know, why would you go there? But that's what they do. And the the irony, the particular irony that's interesting is when you consider that the whole world was like, Je suis Charlie when everybody, when they were just totally being Islamophobes and drawing Muhammad and, you know, riling people up. But then when right. they're riling up you, you know, then it's not cool. Guys, this ain't cool. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Guys, man, you're only supposed to... I love making fun of people, but not me. Right. <laughs> Seriously. And so I looked at that cover of that of Charlie Hebdo, and and uh, if you recall, there's there's all the Heil Hitler Sittler, uh, salutes, but then there's there's one foot that is, yeah. that is coming up out of the water. Right. And, and I don't know if that's supposed to be our governor because he's paralyzed and that's all he can do is stick his foot up or what? Oh. I, that's the stuff I'm confused about. I have no idea. I just <laughs> right? totally, it's just a foot and I don't know why. Man. Yeah. It's hard to show with them. It, I mean, people make arguments that are like, Oh, they're, they're playing like this really long, deep irony game. So you can't <laughs> take anything. You can't take anything as it's presented. You can't even take like the most, easy like second interpretation you've got to go with like the third or fourth interpretation of what they're saying and that's what they actually believe i don't know man like i've been reading mad magazine for my entire (laughs) life and sometimes satire is just shitty it's just shitty satire right yeah i think this whole six layers of chess that people some people say trump is doing is like Bitch couldn't even do shoots and ladders. He's not doing six layers of well, chess. Well, right. I, I don't believe that any <laughs> living human plays six-dimensional Parcheesi, right. uh, much less Donald Trump or the editors of Charlie Hebdo. Well, right. but the yeah. thing is they don't have Ben Garrison there to be able to explain in detail yeah. the symbology <laughs> of every freaking image. It is it is picture, so yeah. yeah. You know that wasn't a Ben Garrison because the foot would have had like three labels on it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do like seeing all of the people who like when Katrina hit and they were like, "This is just punishment for being liberal or whatever." Yeah. You know, you'd be just a sinful city. You know, this is God's wrath upon you. And then you know when it rolls up through Texas, they're like, "Oh well, actually, like maybe, maybe not." Well, no, there's some that are saying that though. <laughs> there's some that are still saying that they're like, "Man, it's because you've got a female mayor 
or was it a lesbian mayor? Somebody oh, said, "Yeah, man, I, I it was something crazy." There's one yeah. pastor. They'll find you wherever you're wherever you're trying to hide. Exactly. Um, and he, even if it wasn't that, they were like, "Now we're getting published or punished because you guys, those exactly. vile, decadent people." Yeah. I mean, there's no <laughs> right. there's no logic to it. Yeah. So, Dane, you know, in a broader perspective, though, when we talk about like right left politics and uh, this storm, I know that you've done quite a bit of writing about climate change and the way that uh, disasters like this play into or don't different people's narratives. And uh, I was I was hoping we could get your perspective on, um, you know, Trump just just pass these, you know, by executive order, pass these rules saying, like, we can't plan for climate change when we're doing, like, flood control infrastructure and stuff like that. I know that you have some perspectives on that, and I was hoping to pick your brain on that a, a little bit. You know, it's just whenever Trump says anything, it just it, at this point, I don't even care. He, <laughs> he, nothing he says has any value. It's like farting into a tin cup. I just I just I mean, there's. <laughs> I just don't care. I've hated this man my entire life. I remember I saw Home Alone 2 and I was like, get the hell out of this. You know, like <laughs> man, I was like deep. 12. I'm like, God, I hate you. And uh, so just if he says anything that's even remotely coherent, you know that someone else put it in his mouth. Right. So it just doesn't even matter. Um, but it's not a matter of what he says. It's a matter of what he does. And he right. does. have. I mean, even though Congress can't pass any of his legislation, he does have the ability to pass these executive orders undoing things like right. climate change planning for infrastructure construction. Yeah, it's insane to think – I mean to, you, know, you look at the, the floodplain of Houston and how the um, – what the impermeable uh, levels of cement that helped you know, cause this and, and just not to even think about how maybe we shouldn't be sprawling to all regions of the world – without laying down some grass and, and, you know, means to let the water get out. Right. Uh, you let your, uh, you let your salt marshes thrive because they're, they, they hold back the storm surges and right. stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shopping around an article right now on how I think the thing that's going to change the entire climate change, uh, argument is the NFL. And, uh, it seems like a way out of left field type thing, but it's basically wow. based on the fact that, I mean, and it's just so I was actually writing this before Harvey came in because I was talking about how I went for a run and it was 105 degrees in Austin. And I was just like, I'm going to die. Right. And I started thinking about how football was coming around. And I'm like, it's getting warmer and warmer. Some 300 pound lineman is going to die in September just because <laughs> it's hot, like mm -hmm. just because it's hot. And then Harvey hits and I'm like, oh, my God, the uh, owner of the, the Houston Texans. Uh, in the past four elections has given uh, three and a half million dollars only to Republican donors. He's not given a single cent to Democrats. And I'm like, if all of a sudden he's getting hit in his pocket because the Houston Texans can't play in Houston because they don't have a stadium, mm -hmm. he's going to he's going to flip to the people who give a damn about climate change. So mm -hmm. I, it's just kind of an off field thing. But I was just thinking about it. And that was one. Right. Thing well, and, and you and I were were speaking about that uh, before the show that. You know, it's it's cynical and it's sad, but when these events, when these issues end up impacting people in the places that they care about, suddenly they care about them, too. So, right. you know, 
uh, if if uh, if these stadiums are getting flooded out because of hurricanes and you can trace the hurricane back to climate change, you can say, like, look, you didn't get to watch Monday Night Football tonight because climate change, like climate change caused a storm that flooded a stadium out. Well, and exactly. you know, the aspect of, that these stadiums are becoming the hubs of these disasters, like when a disaster hits the city, even if it doesn't destroy anything structurally to that stadium, you know, that stadium becomes the main place that everyone tries to get to for any kind of, you know, relief. And then, you know, the idea that these stadiums are like funded through these tax subsidies and things like that. I mean, they're all interconnected. That's that's interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm kind of brilliant. Yeah, you are. dude. You know? <laughs> well, I always love when people relate things to sports because then I can pay attention a little more. When Talk about nose, the mall stuff. You know, when you there's X's nose, it's starting to make dollars and cents to me. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I posited the fact that, I mean, if you're going to affect somebody that makes a change, uh, the NFL is going to make $14 billion this year which is more than 36% of the GDP of countries in the world. <laughs> right. And they're <laughs> and nonprofit. Like, yeah, right. Well, and it's so, also, I amazing. mean, it's 14 times the amount of money that they're talking about it's going to take to reconstruct Houston after right. this flood. Right. Well, no one saw it coming. You know, that's all, that's all you need to know. I mean, Trump. Well, with a name like Harvey, you know, yeah. it's just it's so innocent. You know, you never think he's going to come in. Well, and I mean, just this weekend, Trump was tweeting like, you know, people are saying that this is the worst thing they've ever seen or, you know, this is one in a 500 year thing. It's like, come on, man, President, you know, Obama, even George Bush, no one was there trying to say, well, well, this is really big, like trying to minimize their ability to succeed in it because they know they're not going to. It's almost like you're Well, it was also like he thought that it being a historic rainfall, a historic flood was like good for him right. it's like he doesn't yeah. know that historic doesn't necessarily mean good no, he yeah he like, thinks he was it was a bragging point he's like he's like once again look at this you know biggest crowd yeah yep oh dude speaking of biggest crowd he said that when he went to visit you know when he went to visit texas and i don't even know where right. he was because i'm sure he wasn't at ground zero of houston he was in corpus, corpus christi area or whatever but then later on he was like he saw the destruction in houston first oh yeah firsthand like, oh yeah sarah sarah Huckabee sanders is out there like firsthand they're like what do you mean firsthand he's like well he listened to people who spoke personally with yeah. like victims it's yeah. like that's at least third hand he saw yeah. doppler seven or whatever and was like oh my goodness <laughs> that destruction it's, it's intense <laughs> But then when he was there, like, actually talking to, I mean, I guess it was, like, flood victims. He's like... No, man, it was not. It was it was, it was, was an impromptu rally. It was a they rally. They weren't flood victims. Yes. So it was just wet yeah. people that wanted to see Trump, not even Basically. flood victims. Yeah. Right. He's like, amazing Undoubtedly crowd. the only people who have ever been wet around Trump. I guarantee <laughs> right. you, Melania included. So, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> mother nature helped (laughs) so yeah 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 that was uh, yeah he was nowhere near any any flood victim whatsoever and sarah huckabee sanders in her jim belushi cosplay face i mean Mm. i just can't i can't (laughs) stand that woman (laughs) well and you know on twitter you've got people going well obama was out playing golf during katrina it's like i don't even know what obama was doing but he wasn't president during katrina nope. you know <laughs> he most assuredly was on yeah someone posted pictures and said what about 
You're complaining about Michelle Obama's shoes. Look at look at her here during Katrina, and it was freaking Condoleezza Rice. Right, I'm right. like, could you be more racist? I mean, no, my my favorite one was uh, talking about how like Obama wasn't there during Hurricane Andrew. That was in 1992. You dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Yeah. That Obama did nothing w- about w- the. Uh, Obama did nothing about the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. Yeah, right. What was he doing? Community organizing? Dude, you yeah, know? he was off Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Katrina hit, and Obama took three more years to even run for president. Dude, when Pangea struck, what, where was Obama? I mean, what was he doing? Seriously, he could have stopped this. Obama didn't help Noah. Yeah. You know, he yeah. didn't help Noah during that flood. Where was Seriously. he? Two by two, doing nothing. Probably yeah, in Kenya. Did, I mean, what we yeah. what we really should be talking about is the San Francisco earthquake. Where was Obama then? Right. You know, the whole huh. garment district burned down. A, 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 a thousand people died. And what was he doing? He was Nothing. he was a, like an egg inside of like three eggs yeah. uh, <laughs> at that point. Just just like hanging out. Exception. Luke, did man. you know when Barack Obama invents time travel? He's gonna. He's just gonna go do the disaster tour, you know. Well, and <laughs> even when Sandy was happening, it was. I don't remember people being like, "Well, what was Bush doing during Katrina?" I mean, everyone knew that you know Bush right. was. Well, Kanye West did, right? Kanye West <laughs> already let us know, but I just don't remember people like com- doing like crisis comparison, you know. <laughs> so. Well. And the, the crazy thing is that people were like, oh, here comes Trump, you know, he's going to, like, capitalize on this storm to, you know, instantly try to make himself look good. But, you know, as predicted, like, he's terrible at it. Right. He couldn't even pull off the easiest thing, which is, like, to go hug a flood victim and just say, like, wow, this right. really sucks. You know, we're going to work on it, you know. Instead, he climbed on top of a fire truck and was like, buy my hat. Well, you know, and this and is the great thing. crowd. You guys got to go. What? This is the thing. It's like I would be a better handler for Trump, and I don't even like the guy. But I would say, <laughs> Trump, do you really want people to buy that hat? Go hug some crying girl right now. Right. You know, try to dry her tears with that hat. That hat will fly off the shelves. And you put it like that. It's like Scooby with Scooby Stacks. He's like, R-r-r-r. you know, he, he is on it. But. but he couldn't resist. He'd be grabbing her no. pussy. Oh, you know, dude, he's you like, know, oh, he's like, this is like... a chance. You know, she's 16. Come yeah, up dude. to my so, palace. Yeah. Oh, God. So when you see, well, they let you do it. Right. <laughs> well, and actually, actually, uh, before we before we go to a break here, I do want to run one thing by you because uh, this conversation raised a point that I've been thinking about recently, which is this storm response actually has been good. I mean, we can admit yeah. that the way that the federal government has responded to Hurricane Harvey has been good. Sure. They've minimized deaths. It seems like people are doing all right. And they're it's organized, not, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not great, obviously, because it's a natural disaster. But yep. these things happen, and it seems like it's it's going well. The thing that has been sticking in my craw is that none of that is Donald Trump's direct responsibility. And in fact, all of the systems that have provided for this response are things that he and the party that he represents are into dismantling, right? Right. It's like the clearest argument for why we need a strong, uh, responsive federal government to deal with this kind of stuff. And he's going to get some credit for being the you know, the, like the chairperson of all of this, 
when he doesn't actually believe in that, and Paul Ryan doesn't, and Mitch McConnell doesn't. Well, he has soothed America with his almost diary entry type tweets through this tragedy. He's like, guys, we've got people <laughs> right. on the ground. We're standing by. We've got the greatest talent. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think maybe that's helped some people feel a little better. Uh, I'm just... <laughs> I'm being hella sarcastic. Yeah, his his uh, his uh, plugs for Sheriff Clark's book or whatever. Dude, that really was the worst. Like, gave everyone a good hearty that was, laugh. That was Sunday of, morning. I wake up. I'm sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> I cut you off there. Like that. First of all, whenever someone mentions Sheriff, <laughs> Sheriff Clark, I immediately uh. just go into Rottweiler mode and just start beefing <laughs> out. But start Rottweiling out. Rottweiling out. You got it, man. You got a date. But yeah, like <laughs> Sunday morning, you'd think the first tweet that he's going to tweet is going to be something awesome or so, or not something awesome. It's going to be something about Hurricane, you know, Harvey and we're doing the best we can. It literally the first tweet was literally you guys got to check out Sheriff Clark's book here. Like, you hashtag know. ad. Right. And I felt like it was almost like he was feeling he was throwing him a bone after, you know, really giving America's favorite sheriff uh, Arpaio. <laughs> A bigger bone on Friday. He's like, "Well, I got to give the black bone to you know, <laughs> so, the black to uh, bone. to right. Sheriff uh, Thirty Seven Pieces of Flair." Is oh, that what dude. you right? <laughs> Sheriff not going to be working here anymore. That's for sure. Because <laughs> he just resigned today. But uh, well, probably yes, he did to join up with the Trump administration or Fox Breitbart. News. It's just yeah, one of those two. For I'm sure. thinking yeah. All right, let's uh let's speculate that speculate on that during the uh high note or something where sure. it... yeah let's take yeah. a break here yeah yeah uh laura i know right now you're looking at this situation and you know that how much is on the line for those people and for the president you brought up last night a great point where where's the staff yeah well we we only have had a fema director since june now truth be told the trump administration didn't nominate uh brock until april uh, so that wasn't a bad turnaround, but I think we can all look at these uh, horrific pictures and we can conclude that a federal government does need staff. We see it acutely in need of staff in a situation like this. This isn't the only crisis we're facing. This is massive humanitarian. We're also facing a, a huge crisis with North Korea. We're, we're, we're facing a crisis of confidence uh, across the country where people wonder, even with President Trump in, he said he was going to drain the swamp, can we have a government that works for the people and not just have a people enslaved to the government? Right, you have so 117 we, that need confirmation, 160, 106 have been confirmed, but 366 positions with no nominee. All right, I'm going to say it. <laughs> this is going to be the most disappointing story of all time. I know. This had better be. Nope. Fucking awesome. Nope. Tell us the Notch story. <laughs> so Notch is the guy who invented Minecraft, and then he sold it to Microsoft for a quadrillion dollars. And so now he just spends all his time just trolling people on Twitter. Um, but he is so rich that when Jay-Z and Beyonce tried to buy like the most expensive mansion in Beverly Hills, and they were going to pay like some ungodly, it was like $400 right. million dollars or something. This dude, Notch from Minecraft, swooped in at the last minute and was like, I'll pay double. <laughs> and so he lives, that's where he lives now, is in like the the craziest, most expensive mansion in Beverly Hills that Jay-Z and Beyonce were trying to buy. And he outbid them. Just to outbid them? Just 
to be a douche. That's just the kind of dude that he is nah, now, he's, man. He's, he's terrible. Right, well. He interacts with the worst kinds of Twitter humans all the time. He he trolls people who are saying like, you know, maybe you shouldn't use the word retard in a tweet. And he's like, this is leftist thought policing. And he, of course, you've got he's got forty thousand <laughs> right. Twitter followers. So people are like, oh yeah, like Notch is right. Like we should say <clears throat> retard all the time. That's not good. Well. And it's funny, too, because before he was rich and famous, he was like so quiet and like he would never say anything or whatever. And now that he's just got more money than God, he's like, I'll say anything that I want. I don't even care, you know. And it's like, maybe you weren't that great of a person before and you were just (laughs) hiding it. Like, you were just too shy to like let your true horribleness out. He went full Scott Adams. He made a fortune with like a nerdy lottery ticket. And now he knows everything, and he's happy to tell people about that. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, and it's like what you know. You you wrote cartoons that doesn't really make you an authority on a lot of things, you know. And it's like, yeah, video games are cool and technical, but you know, that doesn't mean that. But dude, you got to inject yourself into everything, right? So. But he is rich, so what he. Says is important now. I don't know if you well, noticed. And, well, of course, <laughs> and our society reinforces that because, I mean, you've got Mark Zuckerberg thinking he can be president because he visits all yeah, the and states. He, he and might not rich, be wrong so, about that because he also you know, controls the communication platform that people get their politics from. Right. Which isn't so, the same thing as oops. being good. It's just, you know, it, it might be realistic that we'll be looking at President Zuckerberg in, you know, 2024. Yeah. Well, he already thinks he's presidenting your uh, your internet life and stuff. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, pr- I think that would practically be a demotion for him. Although, I guess now that Trump has established the precedent of like you don't have to give your job up, he can just be like, "No, I can be the CEO of Facebook and and the president at the same time." Like, what's wrong with <laughs> right. that? Right. You know. Also, everything is Facebook now. Uh, media is is yeah, canceled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He starts doing deals with countries, and all of a sudden, Facebook starts popping up in places that don't have it, you know, like China. So, uh, yeah. Well, weren't we going to talk about Mr. Uh... Well, here, here, here's, here's, here's the lead in. At okay. least those dudes made something cool when with for mm-hmm. millions of dollars. Yeah. But you can also just make millions of dollars by just going on TV all day and talk about how much you love Jesus and also give me money. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Just oh, give me sweet. all the money. Yes. So this dude, we can't talk about uh, Houston and the hurricane without touching on this ridiculous controversy about televangelist billionaire, millionaire, yeah, Joel four, Austin. $400 million <laughs> net worth, I believe. So not quite a billionaire. I mean, but, you know, it's because his extravagant lifestyle with his yachts and his mansions. Yeah, you know. his mansion was like $10 million oh, or something. Oh, and it's hideous, too, by the way. It's like yeah. a McMansion that got a tumor that metastasized <laughs> and just kept growing out over all the land that he owns. It's awful. It's just the ugliest house ever. Someone on Twitter said it, that house has more hips than a Beyonce video. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> and so this dude, you know, he made his millions basically just going on TV every day saying, God told you to give me money. And now he's a millionaire. And he has this huge church in Houston that can fit 16,000 people in it. That's like 
a football <laughs> stadium sized mm-hmm. uh, place. So you'd think, of course, of, of this dude, he loves Jesus so much. As soon as this hurricane hit, you know, he's just going to throw open his doors and say, like, come shelter with me with the yes. Christ's love. Mm hmm. But it turns out he was like, hey, we're flooded and we like clo- we're closed. Like, go away, please. Well, and he had said he had said, well, the thing was, is Houston didn't ask us to, you know, open our doors. Let's get the and- timeline straight. First of all, they said they were flooded. Then they said, oh, we're not but flooded, but we're not opening right. the doors. Then they got shamed mm-hmm. on Twitter by everybody, which <laughs> they deserved. And yeah, they were like, OK, much. well. We'll open our doors when all of the other shelters open up, and then that obviously yeah, if wasn't we, only sufficient. if we have to. And so eventually they're like, right. "Okay, our doors are open." Yeah, with the cameras on and everything, right? And you just look at this dude's face right. as you know people are coming in. Well, and <laughs> actually, just, yeah. To stay on brand, actually, his first response was, "No, we are doing something to help," and then he posted a link to his donation website for his church, right? So <laughs> he was like, yeah, we're helping. That's give class. Give me Jesus. money, please. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with that money? He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I got some down payments on my mansion coming up. You know, maybe Dude. some of it will go to the charity. You can't look at my books. You know, I'm a religious organization. You know, my books are closed. Right. Um, He's like, I'll pray for a solution. <laughs> you know. Thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah. So uh, in summary... Joel Asteen is a spoiled Brit shit and doesn't really represent. Uh, I, I don't think he's representing what he thinks his church represents, uh, especially when you've got, you know, there are mosques and smaller Christian churches and synagogues, all sorts of places opening up their doors and without being stores. in Houston to shelter refugees and. And Mexico he's going to Fox News saying, like, is oh, well, people I mean, our, our excuse is nobody ever asked us to open our doors. Yeah, they didn't tell us to do it. <laughs> yeah, the whole point of your the whole thing about your religion is that people shouldn't have to ask you. You just do things because that's what God wants you to do. You know, I don't know. So that's crazy, but that's not as crazy as, you know the next one up on our slate of evangelical uh evangelical wisdom there is a lot of evangelical wisdom this is a this is quite the week in jesus that we're having right yeah and this time you know this is a little bit more on the the muscle side of jesus jesus flexing his guns (laughs) and the guns come from uh from everybody's favorite televangelist uh jim baker one k away from being all right. No, just kidding. Um, Jim Baker, everybody. So, but this, he was on a show. I don't even know what show it is. It's some Wait, he's out of prison or, now, right? He was, he is out of prison. And yeah. He's so. back on his bullshit. Well, though. he's back on his bullshit. He's hawking those uh, emergency buckets and stuff, you know. But this time he's uh, hawking warnings to people that believe that we should impeach Trump and he's saying basically that Christian conservatives will rise up and create a civil war. So that was his predictions oh, this good. year. Like holy, um, holy war- wars have never worked yeah. out poorly for the world or even for uh, Christianity. Yeah. 
<laughs> he goes, you'll have a spasm of violence in this country, an insurrection like you've never seen. The people will not stand for impeachment. A politician that votes for it will endanger their own life. Well, and so, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> yeah. because I know that both Dane and Brendan have strong opinions about this, about the whatever the Trump administration stands for. It's not the same thing as what evangelical Christians say that they stand for. Right. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Um, Trump hasn't seen the inside of a church in any sort of prayer method in, I don't know, what, 30 years? I mean, he has no idea what, what is going on. I, I, I am not a particularly religious fella in that I am not religious at all. So, uh, and I still am a better churchgoer than <laughs> Orange Delirious. <laughs> right. So, well, right. And it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's so sad because I think they're perfect parallels in that both Trump and the kind of televangelists are like twisted, hyper-capitalist versions of their professed ideologies, right? Mm. You've got Trump running as like, I'm a conservative. You know, we got to cut government, cut everything except the funds that I funnel back into my right. own pocket. You know, don't, right. don't cut those. And it's the exact same thing with these televangelists who are out there saying like, you know, Jesus this, God that. Give me money, give me money. You know that's the unifying theme of of everything. Right. Well, that's that the whole do. thing about the you know the prosperity gospel. Which honestly, if you've read the Bible, I don't know how you could think that that isn't heretical, and it is considered heretical by several Christian other Christian sects. But the this idea that you know if you're good, then you'll get rich. So if I'm rich, it means that I'm good. And that's exactly what Joel Osteen promotes. And it's exactly the same thing that all of these other, uh, you know, evangelical, um, you know, big tent meeting revivalist pastors right. we've got going on late night cable access. That That's exactly what they're selling because it makes them rich. Right. Well, because it's it's a commodity. I mean, it's branding. It's the exact same thing, you know. Um, it's it's really just about the glitz and the glamour, and not at all about the substance. Right. Well, and then you've got this guy. I mean, of course, they're always preaching the apocalypse anyway. But you've got right. this guy selling his like overpriced survival crap buckets right. while preaching the apocalypse but not even just the regular apocalypse the apocalypse that they're yeah, going to create yeah. <laughs> right which is i mean you could just imagine the things I mean, that people say when you have you know muslim clerics out there saying you know we need to rise up against america you know right. in an insurrection of course that is you know the most horrible thing possible to these people but they have no compunction about turning around and saying like and then if the muslims don't do it then we'll do it first we'll yeah. do well, it for and, them you know yeah. the uh the left gets criticized for being accelerationist but part of that conversation doesn't ever seem to be like evangelical accelerationism which seems much more like <laughs> fundamentalist to me and maybe that needs to be part of that discussion also yeah We've completely lost Dane at this point. He's. <laughs> no, I, I'm just. My. You know, I, I was a church going fella growing up, you know, every Sunday. Mm -hmm. went, went, went with mom. And uh, I moved to uh, Utah when I was 30. 
and um, I some of my best friends are are Mormon in spite of the fact that they are Mormon, mm-hmm. and my my distaste for religion in general is just overwhelming. And when you come into something like this where they can't even pretend to stand for the things that they supposedly stand for, I mean, just. We, we, we like to play the imagine if Trump was doing this or imagine if they had done this to Obama. Mm. But I just like for a second, I like to think imagine any other candidate that does what Trump do- has done being the the favorite of the evangelicals. Right. It blows my mind. You know, thrice married, constantly repulsive, right. just does everything right. that that they're supposedly against and it just makes me wretch inside. Right. Well, you know? we always bring up that, you know, Jimmy Carter – it was a guy that you would think that they would have liked, but conservatives seem to always be giving him a, a raw deal. And that dude was right. a Sunday school. T- I mean, that dude seriously still to this day lives by those principles in a positive He's way. 92 years old building houses. Right. right. Trump can't you even know? go to like shake hands with a flood victim, but Jimmy right. Carter will literally be down there hammering well, nails and, into the floor right. with his bare yeah, hands. Paling out the ball. Well, and then, you know, and then meanwhile, the Obama him. family, you know, whether or not they're faithful, actually faithful, I don't know. I actually don't care personally, but they at least went through the sure. motions of it. And people still say well, right. he's a secret Muslim. It's like he's the best secret Muslim ever then because they go to a right. uh, like an Episcopal church every Sunday. Right. 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 Obama's singing Amazing Grace. He's quoting yeah. scripture <laughs> elegantly and effortlessly where They're Trump's like, out the there like, yeah, the, two the, Corinthians, the, the two baby. Two Corinthians. Two Corinthians. He had to ask if Presbyterians were Christian. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, like, yeah, he but got it mixed up with Catholics, like, well, that which just... also is a dumbass thing that people go, like, are Catholics Christians? Is that the same thing? Like, Presbyterians? Are well, you for real? It is... <laughs> oh, it's too complete. It's too complete. Trump, Trump literally knows. No. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you, I would, you could put a gun in my mouth. And I would pull the trigger if he could name 20 state capitals. <laughs> right. He could. I'd be fine. He'd stop at nine. Well, you that's... know, he'd name New York City yeah, three times. Like, Trump Tower. And he'd like say Trump Town. Does that Trump count? Tower, you know? Moscow, just, Trump Tower, Moscow. He's the most Australia. stupid person who has ever gained any amount of fame. It boggles my mind. And the goddamn middle America that voted – I'm going to stop now. We're just going to 40 minutes and be cussing out Trump. I was going to say you're, you're going to alienate all 40 of our <laughs> listeners. But, but on top of that – no, just kidding. I mean, but that's why evangelicals like him so much because they're like, he's so stupid. He's innocent. It's like a child. And Jesus was like a child. In his if he died, he would go to limbo. How he where just all wanted like to the, help people. The aborted fetuses yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he he's living proof that literally anyone could be president. Right. I mean, that's what they love well, about it. They're like, look, this sentient hemorrhoid has somehow become president. I mean, look, you two can, Johnny, as soon as you get out of jail. You know, for your meth sister rape <laughs> that you did. You know, it's just you uh. can't get any of the optics right. I mean, if I was there, I'd be like, "Yo, Trump, this photo op where you're wearing brand new, never before worn boots, and Melania's wearing stilettos. Probably not a good look going into like a disaster right. area. You know? Oh man, <laughs> but, yeah, somebody on Twitter was like, "Disaster Come on, fleet, guys, baby. She's got tennis shoes in her backpack. It was like, a, she's not carrying a backpack, and b, no, she doesn't." <laughs> 
No. <laughs> She's not going to go walk right. around in no. like the muck with people. Uh, also, you wouldn't wear tennis shoes to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not helping. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, if you expect him to be like out there filling sandbags, you know, it's not happening. When right. he was running for campaign, he went and he like gave them Play-Doh or whatever. Do you remember that? No. He went to some yeah. disaster yes. or something and he unloaded well, Play-Doh from a truck for 30 seconds. It was like, all right, I'm done with this. You nailed it. it literally 49 <laughs> seconds of of unloading a truck. Handing it to Pence right. and then that was Play-Doh? it. The most ridiculous thing. Yeah, people like need, what they fill the sandbags with. People or? need Play-Doh in disasters, well, no, you know. It's on. fun. Look, it's just the past the time. The idea behind it was good. You know, basically right. one of the one of the biggest things that happens in one of these disasters is everybody gets super bored. There's nothing to do. You're just sitting around and your phone's yeah. not working and you didn't bring any like books or games or anything with you. So like yeah. you get bored. Your kids get super bored. So giving kids Play-Doh, if that's a thing that you have room for, absolutely. That's great. No, the problem with him doing it was. He took a photo op where he did it for less than a minute and then was like onto his next stop. That's the problem. He doesn't understand. He didn't understand what he was unloading. He didn't understand the reason behind it. And he certainly didn't talk to anybody who was in that shelter. Right. That's mm. the problem. That goes back to the point that I was making in the last segment about how he doesn't deserve any of the credit that he's inevitably going to get from the New York Times and probably the L.A. Times and possibly the Washington Post about how well he handled this disaster because none of it is his work. And also, he stands for a party that wants to dismantle all of the reasons that this worked anyway. He doesn't understand yeah. why people well, need Play-Doh. He doesn't understand. He doesn't talk to the victims. All, all of our past presidents have gone down there. There's a, a photo collage going on going around Twitter where you've got like H.W. Bush, Clinton, Bush, and Obama like hugging actual victims, like standing hip deep in water. And then you've got yeah. Trump sitting at a table by himself with an empty memo pad wearing a hat. He joined that conference call for freedom. all by himself. I just could hear, you know, Eric Carmen singing in the background because no one wants to be near this man. He just is all by himself. He's just, he's just hmm. uh, I just I wake up every day and my routine is check to see if he's had a coronary sigh <laughs> and then go about my day because I just I, I just there's no, no no one has been able to convince me of a single thing on this planet that wouldn't be better if he were well, dead. Well, and what's funny you know, just, is that it really just kind of highlights the fact that I mean, these conservatives that say, well, we need to reduce the amount of government aid because, you know, churches will step up and be charitable, but then you see like All Students Church and they're like, eh, we got to wait for you to specifically invite us to be <laughs> right. charitable." So, you know, I hope Maybe Osteen is a vampire unless you specifically invite him into your house. He can't Dude, come. Reverse. You know, like yeah. that's seriously. <laughs> that if you're ever around it? him out there, you know, put a mirror up and just see what happens. Yeah. I just want to see. <laughs> just throw some I mean, garlic that on. We need to know. He's constantly drinking the blood of Christ. It's pretty suspicious. Oh, oh that's a very good point. Oh, yeah. We got to check him out. What I like the best about all of this is that we gradually transitioned into calling him Olstein. When technically Whatever. the name's pronounced Austin, but somebody made a stink about that on Twitter. It was like, it's Austin, not Olstein. And someone was like, 
no, it's Olstein now. He seriously needs to take the L. <laughs> take the L. Good one. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> Could call him Ass Chigger, and I think that so, would be so, too. So good on, good on whoever that was on Twitter. That's amazing. Yeah. Pastor Osteen, it, it sounds like you think uh, the criticism itself uh, is unfounded and, and just a bit silly. But, but you guys did put out a statement on Monday. And in that statement, you, you said in part, we are prepared to shelter people once the cities and county shelters reach capacity. I think a lot of folks probably read that or heard that and, and thought, why wouldn't the House of, of Worship open its doors immediately, initially, even perhaps before some of the other shelters? We're all about helping people. This is what the, the church is and our church is all about. So I think it's, I don't know if it's unfounded, but I think if people were here, they'd realize there were safety issues. This building had flooded before. And so we were just being precautious. But the main thing is the city didn't ask us to become a shelter then. And Pastor Osteen, do you sort of wish you could kind of have a redo on the last few days? I mean, it has been a bit of a, a PR nightmare for you guys. What would you have done differently? Yeah, I don't, I'm sure we've done something differently, but, uh, you know, the fact is, I don't know that we would have opened or done opened any sooner. Well, and the, I think the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, speaking of going around on Twitter, is the Nashville statement, which, uh, right. you know, they can't just take the L on gay marriage. They got to mm. keep it going. And so all these uh, conservative church leaders, including James Dobson of Focus on the Family oh, and, yes. you know, all these crazy people come out and they release this huge statement with these uh, like 14 different articles. But basically every single one of them is like gay people are bad and we don't like them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I, I, I said on Twitter, I know flaming gay men who do not think about gay sex as much as those who pretend <laughs> to hate it so much. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it just, good Lord, quit thinking about gay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's kind of embarrassing. Right. I mean, yeah, 100%. And it's the idea that these, <laughs> these religious leaders speak for the entire city. There has to be at least a couple mosques in Nashville. There has to be a couple, you know synagogues you know what what are their thoughts on this right. you know well and the mayor of nashville had to come out and say like this has nothing to do with the city of nashville right. like please take right. our name <laughs> off of this like right. i don't know why you're you're doing this you know we don't agree with this and then of course people are attacking her saying like she's condemning you know the traditions of of our faith you know so brazenly right. religious freedom you know thousands of years or whatever uh, right. of of history and she just throws it away um <laughs> and yeah i mean my favorite thing is that they claim to speak for the whole church, except there's, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions of gay Christians, right. you know, right now. Right. <laughs> and apparently, but I guess not to them, right? It doesn't count. You're right. not Christian enough or whatever. Oh, scroll back up. I saw a funny one there. Um, it was about, um, for, I think, forgiveness or something. We affirm something about forgiveness if you ask for it <laughs> which assumes that you've done something wrong right i mean that's like arpaio's pardon which i'm sure you've touched on is uh, in order to uh to accept that pardon you have to admit that you did something yeah, right. wrong sorry joe we deny that's called civil suits welcome He's, okay here it is there it is <laughs> we affirm the grace of god in christ gives both merciful pardon and transforming power 
and that this pardon and power enable a flower of Jesus to put to death sinful desires and to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, we deny that the grace of God in Christ is insufficient to forgive all sexual sins and to give power for holiness to every believer who feels drawn into sexual sin. <clears throat> what the hell did I just read there? I think that what they were trying to say is... How they even fit that into a yeah. tweet? Yeah. I'm Ecclesiastes, they ain't. You, know, you have to thread that shit. is poetic. That yeah. was terrible. Here's a, to this, everything turn. Here's a translation for you. We love conversion therapy. That's what that's what oh. they're saying ah. with that with that statement. Uh, the transforming yeah. power of Christ is strong enough to turn any gay straight if you just electroshock them hard enough. You know, we're just not trying hard <laughs> enough out there, people. <laughs> what if they're just what if they're like, yeah, man, he'll forgive me. <laughs> right. And then it's like, okay, well, uh, but we got we got to do something now about you. I mean, <laughs> Right. Your Which spirit. I would love to see the Nashville statement condemning gluttony or, you know, mm. condemning Trump's grab him by the pussy. You know, yeah. that's not the hill for them to die on, apparently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're in a same sex, you know, monogamous relationship for 50 years, like that's just not good enough. The idea well, that maybe you know, these confederates. I mean, this, this is an interesting point, right? Because I think that uh, the evangelical wing of republicanism is trying to make these points uh, that they think are going to like bring people back to their side. So they've, they've drilled down super hard lately on abortion. They drilled down super hard on gay rights. They've drilled down super hard on trans rights. And I think what they're hoping for is some kind of a wedge issue that people are going to go like, Oh man, like I was in favor of, uh, you know, the democratic platform uh, that's, you know, basically like more of Obama policies and I, I don't even know what the hell that stands for. But but now that like I've been put on the side of like, should super masculine trans men be allowed to use the men's restroom? Like now I'm going to vote Republican. I don't know if it's going to work out for him. It feels like a it feels like a last no, ditch. It's, it's like not. their Hail Mary. Well, right. To, I mean, you know, make people angry about gay rights again when it seems like that issue's fairly settled. No, it absolutely is. And I mean, that's proven by when Trump came out, he brazenly his own like policy advisors were saying, we announced the trans military ban because we know that this will be an issue that, you know, will drive Democrats crazy and then they'll come out strong for trans rights. And, you know, then we'll win because people will be horrified. Right. And it totally backfired because everyone was like, no, we're actually fine with that. Like, yeah. and it, yeah, he's doing it in okay the worst that. way, you know, and, and so it totally backfired on them. And I mean, now you've got even Trump's own military advisor saying, like, let's slow down a minute. Right. And, you know, maybe not. Like, let's let's figure this out. Oh, that's right. And before we go to a uh, before we go to uh, a break here, there were a couple of Deadpools that we we're talking about. Uh, the first one is. How long is it going to take for him to fire Mad Dog Mattis for advising the troops that, like, well, we're just going to, like, last this one out until there's a study? And the second one is Sheriff Clark. Like, why did he resign from his job? What what does he have waiting for him? So, you know, taking bets now. Well, I'm betting at least with Sheriff Clark that he is thinking that he's going to run for some sort of office. He's not going to get it. 
and that's going to be the end of it. And he's going to live off of self-published books. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Trump, even Trump is dumb enough to put Sheriff Clark in his actual administration because, you know, nothing good is going to come out of that. Well, right. I mean, there was already concerns the first time when Clark was floating it out to the media that he was being looked at for something in their defense department or something. Right. So, Homeland Security. Yeah, exactly. I, I just can't uh, I can't look at him without seeing that mugshot of the guy who was was sniffing gold paint and it exploded on his chin. <laughs> and that's exactly what Sheriff Clark's goatee looks like. And he just looked like he was just he was yeah. He was like sniffing a chia pet or something and exploded <laughs> on his face. And, I mean, I think yeah. he should just go I mean, he's already got all the gold medals that he just like buys at the Army Navy surplus store or whatever to look right. cool. I think he should just go with like a whole gold theme, you know. This new political climate, it's so pro wrestling. I mean, he's already halfway there. I mean, I, I think he can yeah. take it all the way. I saw Ted DiBiase's million dollar belt on him the other day. So I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that jacket and I saw little Wait a minute. pins. Is he Virgil? What? Is he Virgil? Is he Ted DiBiase's wingman? Oh my God. I think oh he God. might be. I've never seen him in the same room together. That's right. Uh, that might be because I think Virgil's news. dead, but uh, that's a thing too. <laughs> that's what they want you to believe. So, any other wagers before a break? Um, how long does Mattis last, and what is Mattis Sheriff Clark going to do? I'm going to say Sheriff Clark. Uh, he's he's at least slated for a Breitbart commentator position, if not a Fox News one. I'll, I'll right. throw that wager out there. I yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I, I think it's Fox News or or. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think – I never put anything about the stupidity of Trump to, to to say like I wouldn't believe that Trump would be stupid enough. But I don't think uh, – there's not enough There's not enough things in the White House going on right now for, for anyone to bring anyone else in. I, I wrote I wrote an article how I think Trump is going to resign by Thanksgiving and uh, half of that was a masturbatory fantasy. But I really believe it's just because there's just so much stuff of emptiness in the white house right now all right well I, man you got you got three months so uh yeah. listeners uh we'll we'll start a pool on our twitter yeah. and if you want to put yeah. wagers yeah. down uh i think that would be kind of a fun game check these betting markets well i will add to that that i believe that mattis is gonna stay until he resigns i don't think he's gonna be fired so, I mean, there's so many people that are yeah. teetering on the edge. We got Tillerson is not looking great. Gary Cohn was like, I almost resigned. Right. Um, we've got, I think, Stephen Miller. You know, he's kind of in that Gorka wing. You Dudes. know, that guy is a, is a zombie. I hope <laughs> I he's I would like out to point out that I accurately predicted to the day when Gorka would be gone. Uh, it's on Twitter. To so the day? Wow. Uh, it was like one of those Super Bowl predictions right. where they predict the exact score of the game i'm nice. just giving myself a shout out about that <laughs> right, so. you should have collected money beforehand man i should have i should have <laughs> check out dane's twitter ladies and gentlemen <laughs> For all your prognostication needs it tells no <laughs> lies <laughs> yeah well yeah steve miller i heard that trump is actually feeling pretty depressed and i think even <laughs> his <clears throat> well that's a story for after the break, so we can uh, take a break and come back to that and maybe find a high note in all of this madness as well. My hands are too big. All right, it's time for that high note. 
Yeah. So what do we got here? We, we really earned it this week. Yeah, we, we did. And it's definitely, um, it's Pepe laced. Well, <laughs> it has to, it's Pepe it's, plagiarized. It's all Pepe laced. Pepe plagiarized. And, and in fact, our, our high note this week is all Pepe. Yeah. Uh, well, because I thought Pepe was dead, you guys. Well, but when you when uh, you plagiarize Pepe, you know it's like resur- it's like Lazarus. It's like it's resurrection. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so what we got this week for your high note is uh, uh, it's it's a lesson about not stealing other people's work. It's a lesson about not trying to indoctrinate children into white supremacy. Um, what happened was. Some some assistant principal at a school decided that he was going to make a children's book called Pepe and the Peed, or Pepe and Peed, possibly, uh, you know, a Mr. Frog and Mr. Toad sort of wind in the willows sort of thing, except it was all about, like, Islamophobia. And to illustrate his book, he decided that he was going to go with Pepe, the frog, this thing that's been adopted as a symbol of the alt-right, as one of his protagonists in the story. And what we've got now is he's been sued, uh, they're shutting down the book, and he's lost his job. Well, so that's that's our high note so far. Go. So, Fill in details. It's hilarious. Not even, All of this is hilarious. Not even the fact that... He's giving. He's getting sued, and he has to give up the money. He's being forced to donate the money to the Council on American Islamic Relations yeah. or whatever <laughs> to care. Uh, to care, yeah. So that is a part of the settlement is that he has to give all the proceeds as a charitable donation to an Islamic organization. Yeah. Well, and and partially because apparently the uh, the illustration they used for the antagonist of the book comes from some racist oh like islamophobic Jews uh, or whatever like editorial cartoon yeah. or something right like that. they're like um you know covered in like in the children's book they're like covered in mud that looks like burkas but when he sent the stuff to the artist who you'd think i mean this guy loves america right you think he had an american artist no he went to ukraine because it's cheaper uh, <laughs> and well. so he literally sends the artist a picture of Pepe and says, can you make the frog look exactly like this, please? See, yeah. <laughs> that that cheap argument, that's one argument, I think. But also, these alt-right dudes tend to love the Ukraine, and they also love uh, a couple other of those Eastern European satellite states. <laughs> and it's, Well, didn't, uh, uh, wasn't Richard punched in the face i think is his name now uh spencer uh he was married to like a russian mail order bride yeah he was person, you know? and then and, but divorced now and then weave i think either lives in ukraine or romania or something that hacker dude so yeah th- these <laughs> dudes have an affinity for for there so i guess in some ways it's no surprise that this dude published that book over there he should have got it published in england though um, because it seems like it's a somewhat of a ripoff of the framework of Animal Farm in terms of like these animals are like having to save Washington Farm or some yeah, shit. Yeah, so Dane, Dane, you you pass the bar, right? Um, if I were to say that my client is suing uh, somebody for intellectual property and the person they're suing, the defendant here, 
literally sent a picture of my client's IP to their illustrator and said, make it look exactly like this. Um, yeah. What What would your What would your reaction be as an IP lawyer? I, I, I'm there? trying to figure out how you could even argue against that. <laughs> I, it, it, that's that that is what that is what IP lawyers search for on Pornhub. Right. To that's what they call you. an orgy of evidence. <laughs> you know, like like right. you always see in Seven with Morgan Freeman, where they just walk in and there's 800 notebooks of ramblings about killing everyone like, <laughs> to see an email that's like here's the thing i want to copy can you copy it and be like thank you thank you yeah. very much that no. never happens in an ip no. case it's unbelievable no. it's like calling a nike swish instead of a swoosh you know you never well, even you... get anything that close you but you yeah. did, to get the frog and be just like he's like no that's what i want it's it, it's yeah. It's just it's like everything. I'm sorry, I don't mean to do this, but it's like everything that comes out of the Trump case with the emails with Russia. It's so strikingly like want to do something with us? Yes, I love it. Like are you kidding right. me? Like it's so easy. Right. Yeah, it's almost like these guys aren't super smart. <laughs> well, like they're not playing like five, you know, seventh dimensional uh strategic. No. Right. No. One dimensional chess and they're thinking not even a move ahead. No, I mean, they're they're playing Connect Two, and you're spotting them a chip. Yeah. Well, you know, it's and they like still they don't, lose. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> they don't understand. Uh, like they think that there's no history that begins before this moment right now. Right. So you know, this dude thinks, okay, well, this I got this off of 4chan, so this is this must belong to the internet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you know, these guys, it doesn't occur to them that this was appropriated fairly recently. Yeah, they don't they don't even think that far back. Right. Well, and my, my favorite aspect was it that he bragged to all his co-workers at the school that he worked at, like, hey, I just published a children's book. Right. And they're like, wow, that's great. Like, let's go check it out. You know, let's all celebrate together. And yeah. then they were like, when we started reading it, we were like, this is a joke, right? Right. Like, what? <laughs> Like you did this isn't is this real? This you really did this yeah. and you thought it was a good idea to tell people about it? Like, right. What were you thinking? You know, what he should have done, yeah, he first of all shouldn't have used his name. And second of all, he should have put it in those traveling book fairs that go to the schools or whatever that go around. Be like, <laughs> the bookmobile. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty great. Uh but it's just ridiculous. It, it it's amazing that that dude was able to raise $34,000 on Kickstarter for a book like that. But um, I guess you can't count anything out. So uh, Yeah, don't don't underestimate the pockets of racists, you know? Right. So. But I'm glad that Matt... Oh, man, it's, it's, yeah. it's, the most, uh, it's the most lucrative place to be right now is just pandering to shitty people on Twitter. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's a cottage industry for some people, specifically... <laughs> Our buddy baked Alaska and Millennial Matt and all of them, but yeah. But if you Joe Walsh, right. uh, increasingly the editorial board of the New York Times, <laughs> yeah, whatever. right, right. But if you're not a celebrity, if you're just a BFE teacher, then you you can uh, <laughs> you can expect that Colin Kaepernick treatment on your free speech there. <laughs> you know, this is a absolutely this is how the market works. So, <laughs> well, it worked this well, time. So that's our high yeah. note is 
watching this guy just get smacked down for a super racist children's book that he also stole all the IP for. <laughs> uh, it's my my Absolutely. personal high note is I got this sweet Flotus hat you guys got to check out. It's really nice. Just uh... <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Right. I just can't believe the woman wore a hat that said Flotus to a place where people – and bodies are floating dead floating. in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey man, yep. it only costs forty dollars, and you gotta just keep your you know disaster area game on fleek, man. That's uh, right. That's right. Amazon. Yeah, but to our to our listeners, please do check out the uh, the store section on the Liquid Flannel website because <laughs> we are selling exclusive Flotus hats. Uh, for the next week at least. <laughs> until well, I just saw them on the internet, so like you, whatever you see, you could just make into a thing and sell for money, right? Uh, you know, think... when this, when, <laughs> when climate have, change I happens. I have Dotus hats. Uh, Dane of the United States, you're more than welcome to <laughs> yeah. wear those anywhere you would like. <laughs> I, I feel like Melania. There's a good market for Flotus floaties, you know, because I think there's going to be another hurricane coming up on the. Oh, that Atlantic. would have been so much better. Little like water wings that had labeled. I, yeah, yeah, I think she's got a couple Flotus. of Flotuses on the front of her too so i mean see yeah. <laughs> we need we need uh, trump i don't know how many more ways i can advertise myself to you that i could make your life so much better if i was on your team wait why am i trying to get on trump's yeah, team here go get that liquid flannels for trump sign and that's just right go to the next rally oh dude he's like hey there's there's my black guy right there so <laughs> Yeah, you know. I mean, uh, we, we were talking about you putting up stickers downtown and stuff, uh, but, you know, if you want to do it around the police station, you know, liquid flannel for Trump, we'll we'll just get more <laughs> listeners. That's great. Yeah, man, we'll have to see about that. I'll have to consult an attorney over here. Or uh, I'll No, no, Dane. it's cool. We'll, we'll just <laughs> donate all the Patreon funds to the, uh, um, whatever the organization that all of the Pepe book Go. There you go. To care. There I think you go. we need to give it to Joel uh, Austin because he really needs the cash, you guys. Gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody start a fund, please. You know, we we need. Yeah. To. So so as as we sign off here, you know, cheers to Joel Austin who fled to Miami, and I hope that he's doing real well. Um, Houston seems to be, you know, they're underwater, but. They're they're holding steady. Texans are doing a real good job down there. Yeah, that's and right. I think people are, you know, the the main mayhem is probably done at this point, and that's good. Yeah, hopefully. And there's there's a number of ways to get involved online. You should check that out. Um, there's also a lot of scams out yeah, there. Yeah, we can link some of those on the on the liquid flannel Twitter. Yeah, in fact. absolutely. We do that. Definitely, definitely. And um, Dane, uh, again, thanks for being on the show. What do you have anything you want to plug, like a Twitter account or anything? Also, you've been doing a lot of writing. Where can the listeners find some of your pieces? You know, uh, I'm actually just started writing for uh, Alternet. If you have, uh, if you've heard of oh, the progressive uh, political website, yep. and, uh, my first, my first article is going to be coming out for them uh, in the next week, talking about uh, there is no good Trump voter. Um, and then we, we see that, you know, well, well, my grandmother's really sweet, but she voted for Trump. Well, fuck your grandma. You know, that's what I say. So, okay. um, all right. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm hilarious. So, uh, I occasionally, you're at C Dane yeah, Run. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I, thanks for allowing a, a runner to come on and talk about political stuff. It's uh, nice. Well, you know what? If you want to start running, listen to some podcasts, great to run to. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Put on liquid flannel and go get yourself a 20 miler in while we talk about Flotus. Oh, oh man, that that is the height of runner's high right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next week. Hey, everyone. We wanted to thank you for tuning in over the past year and let you know all the places you can find us on the internet. Right now, you can find our episodes and subscribe for free on SoundCloud at Liquid Flannel, on iTunes at Liquid Flannel Podcast, and on YouTube at Liquid Flannel. Like and share the content on your preferred platform, and be sure to give us a rating on iTunes. You can write to the show at liquidflannelshow, all one word, at gmail.com. And be sure to like our Facebook page at Liquid Flannel. And as always, follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan is at Brendan Williams with one L. And follow Matthew at Matt the Great with the W. Thanks again, everybody. Cheers.